Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. I am so excited to have another Q&A episode for you today and also share a little exciting transformation evolution that's happening around the corner in October. So I, before I get going, actually, on the subject of October, should also say really quickly, for anybody that's thinking about doing inner voice facilitator training, IVFT round five starts October 1st, 2023. So if you want to join us, there's still a few more days left have to register if your intuition feels it's a fit. I'm very excited to work with you. This is the training that we do where you can become a facilitator, create your own business on the same process that I've created and over 230 graduates around the world have done so far and counting. And you could always use it for personal pleasure, for professional choices. The choice is yours if you want to. We now even have the past life specialty, which I'll have more information. I'm going to do a follow-up to the part two of the past lives for you next week and share more about the graduate of the past life specialty that were IVFT grads that just went through in September and had an incredible time. I was so amazed at what it was like to work with the IVFT grads in this specialty training was the first one of its kind we've done. And I'm amazed as I heard in our last call yesterday about all of the client sessions they've been doing and the transformations of chronic illnesses, physical ailments, emotional patterns they've had for a majority of their lives and some things that just came up straight in the sessions directly with their clients. It's amazing. Some of these people that worked with the facilitators for their certification sessions had never done an inner voice session and were clearing past lives using their inner voice. It was so incredible. And I'm so excited they're going to be ready to work with you guys starting October 6th. So I'll have more information on that soon. But in terms of October, aside from my VFT starting, I am excited to evolve the show into a new era, which is so fascinating. I am obsessed with spirals and, you know, kind of like you could say like a spiral or a vortex, as Abraham would say, it's just kind of a three-dimensional spiral. It's a tornado kind of cone shape, but it's still spiraling. Even our universe is a spiral kind of swirling around. Well, I always look at the life that I had lived as Jess Lively. Going into Bella Lively feels like this like extension of the Jess life, but into this next loop or the second loop of the spiral. And one of the things I feel like is happening in that spiral nature is the show itself. So we are going on almost 10 years. February 2014 is when I started the show. So in February 2024, that will be 10 years running this this podcast. I'm just incredibly amazed that this has served such a beautiful space for us for so long. And so many seasons have had such different themes and variety. As you guys may remember, if you've listened for a very long time, there was a lot of guests in the earlier parts of the show in the earlier years. And then for the last eight years, pretty much I would look back and say, for the majority of the time that I sold the house and was traveling the world, that period of time, majority, I went so deeply inside of myself on this inner trans transformation after the earlier years of the show being about personal transformation and personal development on the mental level. Then I went on this inner dimensional level and I brought the show there with me and I stopped having guests and thought leaders on the show because to me, the thought leaders were still in their minds and I wanted to help people go beyond their minds like I was learning how to do myself and wanted to share that kind of work of going into flow, alignment, inner voice, trauma release through beanbag releasing, you name it, we've done it all over the last eight years. But there hasn't been a lot of guests on the show unless they've been people that are using their inner voice and living from that place. So you guys are obviously very well versed in this if you've been listening to the show in the more recent years. But the episodes with the guests were quite fantastic for what they were and for the level of development that I was at and that the guests, you know, could talk about. But now I've realized... I have, for the last year, especially more than ever, been learning, and it started even before that, but you know, in the middle years of my transformation in the inner work, I was learning about Joe Dispenza's work, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, Abraham Hicks. I was doing all this spiritual inner journey. And as a scholar, I really feel like being alone for these last eight years, I could really develop this understanding of how much I actually, when I'm freely given the time and abundance to choose what I want to do, I love studying 
And that just became incredibly apparent because that's what I did the majority of, especially the first five years of my inner transformation on the road, traveling the world. I was learning, studying, and reading about five hours a day. But this last year, especially, I think it started even in Portugal, but really took a life of its own. As I was alone in this last year between London and Australia, I started learning and studying, but this time I was studying on the realms and subjects of beauty. And I used to joke that I went through neurology school, quantum science, physics school, quantum mechanics studying. I went through the neurology school with Bruce, uh, Greg and Joe and Bruce Lipton's work. I went through Abraham's school, which is like the esoteric and the woo and the, the Harry Potter years. And lately I joke, I've been doing the finishing school, which if you guys are familiar with the word finishing school, it's like, I think it's a thing that was kind of the Hogwarts of beauty or something like that. In the past, women would get sent if they had a, the family was interested in sending this woman to have like the, the the fine arts of, of beauty and being a feminine woman in hundreds of years ago. I'm sure feminists probably now don't love that idea. But for me, I just was having fun. And I was like, this stuff, all these things, flower arranging I got into. I got into beauty treatments and hair treatments and makeup and outfits. And I have loved sharing those and bits and pieces on the Instagram. And I've seen that there's been, despite my own hesitation to share that stuff. So many hearts, so much engagement, and so much love for me sharing that content, even though I you know, knew that this inner work was the most important thing. My own passion for learning just shifted to this beauty dimension. And I haven't been bringing the content on the show towards that beauty dimension. I've kind of kept this for myself and kept it separate, almost in the sense of not the things I'm afraid to tell you episode. If you guys remember way back when I did an episode, I, I was in London actually, probably 2017 or so, maybe 16, where I outed myself and said, hey guys, I'm using this like law of attraction stuff. I'm listening to this channel called Abraham Hicks. I, and I was kind of almost at that point just thought, I know this is so weird sounding, but this is really working for me. And you guys were so excited about it. You're like, please tell us more, please shift in and share this. And so that really helped me pivot into that direction and flow with intention eventually was born, which is a great class. We have it now available on a self-paced course if you want to join it and watch it as well. But that kind of opened up this secret passion of mine. And I feel like the secret passion I've been having, and I think in in a sense, like even getting the name Bella for my inner voice to shift into the beauty of being alive, the beauty, even when I go to my Bella Vita, it's all what I love doing there. It's not studying quantum mechanics in Bella Vita. I go for the beauty of what I create in Bella Vita. And I've been finding all of the studying and scholarly stuff I like doing in this reality over the last year has been in the beauty space. And so I decided, why am I hiding this half of myself from you and on the show? I know for some people, this will be so exciting. I have two different friends in Portugal. I have a friend, Maria, and I have a friend, Jemima. Jemima is uh, always obsessed with the beauty treatments, and she's been like a younger sister to me that I've been sharing all the wealth of information and knowledge that I've been accumulating over the years and the years even prior to that, but sharing all this stuff, and she's just been loving it and benefiting as I can help her uh, do this, try that, skip that. That's not worth your money. This totally works. You should try this when you're ready. This you'll you know, try that in a few years, that kind of stuff, like big sister kind of recommendations. And then so she's been asking me to kind of bring this content to the show. But then there's someone like Maria, who actually was the reason I felt compelled to actually now do so. Maria said, Bella, I think you should do it. She said this in uh, a dinner the other night. She goes, you know, you have always invested in your learning and this is what you're investing in your learning in yourself now. And she goes, you know, I, she is someone who doesn't do, she said, for example, she said, I don't do skincare because I feel like society is telling me I should do skincare. And for that reason, I don't want to, but she goes, but if you actually shared the do's and how to do this in a approachable, easy way, this is something that I actually would like to learn. And I'd like to learn it from you. And when I heard her say that, that was something that really touched me because I obviously know that over, especially the last many years since we've been so introspective on the show and inward looking and trauma releasing and beanbagging and all the stuff we've been talking about, inner voice, wisdom, you, you name it. 
I haven't been talking about the the physical world and the beauty of these elements that might be considered, you know, vain or silly or unimportant, but they've been the things that truly for me have been the most joy producing. And when it comes to content myself that I've been learning from, I've been getting the most joy in those subjects. And so like all the other subjects, I brought you C-School after I did all the consciousness introspection. I brought you IVFT after I did all the inner voice and beanbagging. So not that, that I'm making a class out of this, but I just want to bring this subject that I have been so passionate about to the show for people like Jemima that are just obsessed with it like I am, or for people like Maria that might feel like this is something they haven't dipped their toes into, but maybe I could share in a way that might be approachable or make it easier to find and discover things, save time, money, and you know, help direct your attention to things that might be curious to you. So we're gonna have a new channel, air quotes on the word channel, it's not gonna be a new podcast or anything, but a new series on the Lively Show called The Beauty of Being Alive. And this has really become, like I said, the central theme of my own joy and exploration in this world in recent years, especially the last one, and I wanna bring that here. So if you're curious, we'll be having guests on the show, yes, again, coming full circle, full swirl into the new new expansion. So kind of where we started on the show in a sense, but not specifically from a personal development mindset point of view, but just on the subjects of this reality that could be quite joy inducing, hopefully for yourself as well as it's been for me. So there's many people I've loved learning from in the past year, and I'm going to see if I can get them on the show. That is basically what I want to say. And also I will be sharing things that I haven't had the interest in sharing on the show because I had this block mentally to sharing because I thought this is stuff you guys, like my mind made it like, oh, this isn't as important as beanbagging and inner voice. But I realized like the whole world is not about trauma release. Eventually, the point is to know how to do that, have that emotional self-hygiene care that we teach and deliver here through IVFT, through beanbag releasing and the beauty of life series we did, you name it. I have shared it about how to do those things and we'll continue to share those subjects too. It's not about going completely away from the introspective work. It's just about also now enjoying the beauty of the physical world also as well, inclusive of the, the beauty begins on the inside, of course, and then it can be expressed on the outside. And that is a joyful endeavor. So very excited to be bringing this new evolution to you. Take those episodes that feel resonant or intriguing to you and leave the rest if that kind of series isn't your thing. You could just skip the beauty of being alive episodes if that feels like a fit or dive all into them if this is something like Jemima and Maria that is intriguing to you. So more to come, but just very excited to share that that is something that feels really aligning to me, especially it really clicked because <laughs> when Maria said it, when she said it at dinner, I I felt like, okay, this is the time. Because Jemima said, well, I told you to do that a long time ago. But it was really coming from the person uh, that might be, you know, an example of someone in the community that may not have been already passionate about the subject of the, the, the kind of subjects I've been learning about in the last year, hearing her say she wants me to share it so that she can learn in a faster, easier way. I was like, okay, there we go. If I can be of support and and helping in that alignment and joy and others, I will dearly do so. Okay, so let's dive in. I have a Q&A episode for you and I've got some questions in my Instagram. So I'm heading back there. If you don't follow me there already, you can do so over at Bella Lively World. Bella Lively World. So now we've got Emily Hardy Photography who said, I have a two-part question for the Q&A. Number one, my only Bella Vita time is when I'm in bed at night. I want to spend more time there, but often fall asleep. Tips to incorporating it throughout the waking day. All right, so number one question, I'll answer right away. Do it often, but often fall asleep. It's a great way to fall asleep. And if you're not familiar with Bella Vita, there's an audio course that I did. It's really pretty inexpensive, actually. You can go over to bellalively.com slash bellavita if you wanna take it. I think it's a six-week-long audio course. I suggest doing it over the six weeks, but you can binge it if you really felt like it and hear everything that I've been doing to create my other reality. And it has been still one of the most joyful creations I have made, especially because it's kind of blending that theme of beauty and the non-physical realities, which I love so much. So when it comes to that, one thing is besides doing it in bed is to do it in a bi-locational experience, Emily. So I would say try to incorporate it, like especially I love to think about Bella Vida when I'm also getting my nails done or getting a massage or doing Pilates, just examples of things where I'm getting 
either I'm doing Pilates or I am getting a treatment done, I have a space in my Bella Vida where I do Pilates and I have a space in my Bella Vida house where I have treatments like nails and massages done. And so if I'm ever feeling like it, I can tune in, especially when there's nails and a massage where it's a you're receiving a service in that kind of sense. It's so fun for me because I can just place myself getting this nail treatment or this massage into this beautiful room that I've created for myself in Bella Vida and be both places at once. So it doesn't mean you're leaving this now present reality, though you could, your awareness, wherever you're placing it, as long as you're conscious of it is where you're choosing to be. So you're still in the here, you're still in the now, but you're choosing which sovereign here you would like that here-ness to be. But it can also be in bothness if you choose it. So I have loved doing that. And even in Pilates, sometimes if if I'm really in a moment of like stressing my body, I can sometimes lighten the stress of whatever I'm doing in the Pilates session by going to Bella Vida and imagining myself on the reformer on the beach in Bella Vida, which just kind of lightens the experience, even though the movements are the same, or I can like shift how I perceive gravity and how hard this movement I'm doing in Pilates is in Bella Vida. And that actually makes it easier and more enjoyable to do the movement in my Pilates session in this reality also. So those are great examples. Or let's say you're in standing in line, oh my goodness, or in traffic, obviously be aware in traffic, don't be silly in traffic, but uh, you, if you're sitting at a stoplight or you're sitting in traffic bumper to bumper, instead of getting annoyed with it, remember you can be both places. Obviously, use your judgment wisely. Don't do something stupid where you get in a car accident. But remember that when you're waiting, when there are things that aren't happening, maybe you're on a phone line waiting for somebody in customer service to pick up and you're on hold. These kind of experiences are perfect little moments where you can be two places in once and you can also do completely different things. So I... T- today, where was I when I was thinking? I think I was getting... Okay, so I was getting my hair done and using the toner and the toner took 10 minutes and I didn't have a phone or anything. So I just sat there for 10 minutes and I went to Bella Vita while the toner was processing in my hair at the sink. And while I was doing that, I imagined my Frenchies. I had a, I have a Frenchie named Buddha and I have Ellie, my dog from Michigan, in my Bella Vita. They're my two constant companions. Wherever I'm at in Bella Vita, they're with me. But I actually added a whole bunch more Frenchies because I'm really obsessed with Frenchies lately. And I made them float. <laughs> I just imagined them. I was like, they don't need gravity. They could be a little flock of floating Frenchies, like little floating potatoes all over the house. And I just had so much fun imagining that. So that was a little moment where it was not falling asleep, but it was something where I was in a moment of waiting. And so those are great times to also go to Bella Vida if it inspires you. Number two is, do you take people, other people into Bella Vida? I often have my young daughter with me, which I love. Would it be weird to bring other friends or family members to then envision those relationships, how I prefer versus how they are in waking life? Well, that is up to you. Obviously, you can do whatever you want in your Bella Vida. Choice is totally yours. I don't have any other humans. However, I did get creative. I think after I actually did Bella Vida. So I don't think this is in the recorded audio series because I came up with the idea after I had recorded it. But I realized, okay, so we're just awareness and we're experiencing ourselves through the vessels of human bodies, and we tend to have a sexuality or an energy type assigned to these bodies that we're in. So we're kind of one side of the yin and yang. We've got a feminine energy or masculine energy, and we have the, maybe you have a female body or a male body. I guess if you have a hermaphrodite or a transgender, there's a bit more blending there. But overall, obviously for me, I have, as my inner voice said, I asked it once, it said, you're pretty balanced energy, but you're overall a little bit more sweet than savory, like ice cream that was sweeter, but, but not too sugary. It's not like I'm overly feminine as a soul energy. My soul energy is pretty balanced, but a bit more sweet than savory, which would be, I guess, its way of saying masculine. So I, in my Bella Vida, have a very core, comfortable energy of being a female energy-based avatar. And you certainly could see what I imagined in my reality. It's very feminine looking in terms of colors. The beach is always like the pastel colors of a sunset. My house is all like just stunning, peaceful colors, pinks and and stones and marbles. Very feminine looking, I would say overall, if you could see into my head. But I have decided that I also, as awareness, I'm just choosing that arbitrarily so I can also make a masculine aspect of myself. So even though I don't choose to have the reality reflect the masculine, like I don't like make like a a dark interior or anything that we would consider in this reality masculine in the spatial 
needs of my reality or planet, but I made a male aspect of myself to play with. So yes, I can have sex with my male aspect of myself. And yes, I decided what he looked like. And yes, if you actually know this from my classes recently, it my masculine aspect, I decided what would I want to look like as masculine. And I decided I wanted to look like Henry Cavill because I actually feel very drawn to Henry Cavill. Funny enough, I have not seen many of, actually, I don't think I've seen any movie, ironically, that he's ever been in. I just have seen photos and like clips and videos and stuff of him speaking. And so I love that he has blue eyes. I love the, his stature. And so for me, I was like, if I'm going to be a masculine energy and have a male me, it's going to look like Henry. That was just an obvious answer for myself. So uh, funny enough, I have a clear picture of what my masculine looking like Henry Cavill looks like than my own female avatar. It's actually much more loosely shaped and it's more feeling based as my feminine. But the masculine that I look out onto, which is I know is also an aspect just like Buddha is a made up Frenchie in my reality and Ellie as a, the Frenchie there is made up in my reality. I have this, this Henry. So you could do this with your family members if you want to, but for for me, I have done it with my masculine aspect of myself and kind of, you know, knowing that the entire reality is my awareness playing in, in a sense of separation. That's all I'm doing. So whether it's, I know the Frenchie is me. I know the avatar I call me is me. I know that the house that I made is like my awareness creating a dream. So it's all part of the dream uh, that I am creating. So so is Henry. And so, yes, I can have sex with Henry if I want to in my dream reality. And also what I've loved playing with is using Henry, that aspect of my own masculine inner voice perspective, to when it comes to dating scenarios in the 3D world. I like talking to, I haven't even renamed him. I just kept him Henry. <laughs> now, I know it's not like me pretending that it is the Henry Cavill, this extra, this actual human British person that's an actor in LA. I'm not actually thinking it is Henry. I'm thinking of it as the Henry aspect of myself, but I love asking the Henry aspect of myself when it comes to dating. And I love what I used to say to my friend, Jess, uh, who you guys have heard on the show in the past. I started saying the phrase to her out of nowhere, like, I don't suffer fools. I don't suffer fools. So just somehow that phrase, I don't even know where it kind of popped in, but it just started becoming a popular thing for me to say to her around whatever conversations we were having. And then one day I asked my Henry aspect about somebody I was thinking about dating scenario wise. And my Henry said very clearly, the inner voice of me, but through this idea of this persona of Henry said, if you suffer an inch, they're a fool. So the idea is if I'm dating anyone and they're making me suffer, emotionally speaking, then they're a fool and I shouldn't be wasting any energy on them. That somebody that's worthy of me wouldn't make me suffer emotionally speaking um, by being distant, emotionally turned off, unavailable, you name whatever that case may be. But it was like so fascinating and fun for the feminine mental aspect of myself to have this protector, bold, masculine clear, doesn't take any BS type of energy that is within myself. Say that so clearly. It's like having the best guy friend you could ever have um, rooting for you to have the best potential partner when it comes to men. So that's kind of the feeling I have on this aspect. And it's super fun. So I love what Henry says. Whenever I go to Henry, there's like zero caving about, you know, wishy-washy, like, oh, maybe I should compromise whatever is important to me when it comes to dating. Henry doesn't suffer an inch for any fools. So it's been very fun. So that's just a little side tangent on the subject of Bella Vita and other characters, but you could play with other people. I choose not to. I'm not interested personally in bringing other people there, but that doesn't mean you couldn't. So it's totally your call because it's totally your reality. Okay, now we have Global Wine Collective who set, has got a pretty big question. So she says, first, thank you for your openness and always sharing so much of your own journey and for doing what you do. Can you talk about law of attraction versus destiny? From listening to Abraham, it's clear you can create your own reality. But then having taken some of your courses and from following you for a while and reading Michael Singer's Surrender Experiment, it's starting to sound like maybe our soul destines us for certain experiences before we come here. Not sure if this question makes any sense, but could you shed some light on that? For example, if this life is the one your soul picked to have a more difficult time on earth, could you totally change that trajectory and avoid certain experiences or totally change things based on your mind? Again, maybe my question doesn't make sense, but I guess I'm trying to figure out how to surrender flow and past lives and soul intentions and the mind's desires all fit together. 
It is a really big question. And I think that the best way I can think to explain this, and I think this is a great thoughtful question. I mean, obviously you have to know the subjects pretty well to even find that this kind of thing feels a little bit like a conflict. (laughs) So, but once you get there, you're like, yeah, what do I do about this? Do I just like law of attraction and create my own reality from my mind or do I surrender and flow? So when it comes to this, I look at it kind of where if you're a new human, in the reality, like a fresh soul coming into human form for one of the first time times in, in a lifetime, that idea that if things feel destined, kind of it is what it is, and you just kind of have to make do with whatever your lot is given, feels kind of limiting, right? You feel like I can't really change it. I don't really have a choice. I was born poor. I have to stay poor kind of thing. So for example, um, let's look at like even... Yeah. So, so a new soul would come into that and kind of think that's the way it needs to be. And then as you get older and as a soul progresses through lifetimes, I should say, say getting older, being many lifetimes forward as a soul playing the game, you start to realize, wait, you can actually choose and you don't just have to stay stuck. So if your family is poor, you don't have to stay poor. If you, um, especially the American dream is a great example of that story that we have in our mass consciousness, even that if you work really hard, you can change your lot. You don't have to stay wherever you've been before. And I think actually in a sense, like America itself was kind of founded on this idea of, giving opportunity in the earlier you know parts of its creation to people that from Europe largely at that time of space reality was were not given a lot of options so overall the grand majority of people that immigrated in the last few hundred years not maybe the original settlers but the last few hundred years people definitely often came for a better life than the one they had in the places they were before and so the, a lot of the wealthy for example Europeans stayed in Europe and it was the people that felt like they didn't have options that were very available to them through, you know, the aristocracy or the the wealth systems of Europe, as an example. Um, you know, I've got family from Ireland and Italy that didn't have money and wealth when they came over to America, for example. And that's a very common story for many people. Everyone's situation, though, is so big and different. It's all different, but they come over to work hard and create a reality. And my goodness, did my grandfather completely do that? He did create his own reality. He did it through hard work versus law of attraction in the sense that he didn't know he could use his vibration and his thoughts and feelings to change his reality. He just changed his lot through his effort. His family, my great-grandfather, had a fourth grade education, was a factory worker, very wonderful person from Italy. I think his his great great so my great great grandfather was I guess the one that came over from Italy. Great grandfather had the factory education. My grandfather was a valedictorian of his high school and then went to law school before he went to college. It graduated law school and then finished college after it. So very unusual and very much set my family specifically in the greater family that he grew up in into a totally different trajectory as a lawyer in the United States Air Force in a totally different place. So my dad grew up in a totally different reality than he may have had he been born to a different sibling in my grandfather's family. So that's an example, but that's, you know, using law of attraction to put this into the context, you can work hard or you can use your alignment to change your direction. But then as your soul keeps going and progressing, you go from hard work to going, I could manipulate my vibration instead of my hard work. That seems a lot better. I did that. You guys watch me do this in 2016, 17, 18, up to 19, I would say. I was doing all of that kind of stuff myself and it does work. But then it does shift to the older side of the soul's journey. And even in my own lifetime, I did kind of a baby arc of this, but probably in a general sense, my soul may have done a bit of this arc. Um, You get to a point where you start to realize, oh my gosh, this inner voice part of myself, this deeper part of myself, this, this wiser, more enduring part of myself that doesn't die also has a place within this reality and is and is a part of it too. And then you start to, if you feel like you've got the sense of trust, to allow that. And that's where that surrender element starts to come in. And you are not surrendering to a outside God. You're not surrendering to outside forces like where your parents were from or what the belief systems they gave you were. You're actually trusting this inside part of yourself to create a reality for you that is bigger than your mind could have imagined before. And that's been overall 
<laughs> the journey that I've been living. And even when I was trying to create a life with my own mind and like have a family and settle down in earlier years, even when I mentally tried to manifest that, eventually I did surrender because it actually didn't flow. And that I think was actually very intentionally driven by my own soul. So even though my mind was trying to create my own reality to that end, I didn't actually successfully do so. What's fascinating now that I'm at this stage of my journey, I can look back and say, even though I wanted that so, so, so much, and maybe if I did get it in those earlier years, I would have been happy. And in this moment now, in an alternate reality, could actually be really happy with that. The fact that I kept growing without it and evolving without it, and that growth that I've had because that potential didn't occur up to this point, I can now look back and go, if I could choose, I wouldn't choose it now. I can tell you that the me before would have hated me now. The way I actually always say this now when I meet people is like, I'd explain it like incense sticks. You guys know I love incense. So incense sticks are probably terrified, if you put a personification on them, of becoming a cloud of smoke, right? Because they're used to being a stick. They're happy being a stick. They smell nice as a stick. And they're like, I'm a stick. And that's that's what I am. But it's kind of a caterpillar looking at a butterfly type of thing. It's like, I don't want to have to go through whatever transformation that's going to look like. We look at a butterfly and see it's so pretty. But I just imagine that the stick of incense is like, I don't want to be a cloud of smoke. I want to be, I want to be a stick. I want to be this way. And so my younger self would have not wanted to become the incense cloud. But now that I'm in the cloud form, I've burned away all those limiting beliefs and perspectives, et cetera, et cetera, over all that beanbag releasing and inner voicing over the years and perception shifting and awareness deepening. I wouldn't go back to being a stick if you if you could pay me. There's no way to make the cloud go back into the stick. But at the same time, I wouldn't even choose it. But I know that while I was a stick, I would have chosen to be a stick. But I did at the same time permit the transmutation. I allowed the fire of my awareness to burn through the stick. And I, you know, even if I tried to resist it, it was it was going to have its way with me anyway. So there was thankfully not too, too much of a struggle and a fight, though there definitely were some pivotal points that did feel quite difficult over the years. But now I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world. So um, let's see what the future holds for me. And yeah, that is my very long winding answer. It's not perfect. And I would say there are certain people that feel a sense of destiny to limiting beliefs that I think would really benefit from creating own reality, knowing the law of attraction and using it to their advantage to really shift and change. That can be an incredibly empowering experience. And I think it's a very important one that is not to be necessarily skipped over because the next question can be, can you just go from destiny to surrender? I think, especially with religion, it kind of spoke to that idea of giving it over to God, but God being yourself, God being a sovereign part of yourself that you're able to communicate, connect to, and live from being your inner voice, great. Like if you're really going from this place that is also you and that you know that, and you're not just surrendering it to like an outside God that you pray to as like, please take it easy on me versus like, this is actually me, just me without these mental belief systems and beanbags in the way. That's what I'm going to hand this over to is this me that's already evolved past all of these limiting beliefs I might have right now. That's a very empowering also, but just takes a lot of trust in the mind to doing so. And so there is this even more liberating and scary and uh, as yet less common part where you surrender, but it's not surrendering to outside sources or forces or trying to please an outside sense of being good enough for another person or deity or anything like that. It's that you are loved and you are guided from this place within yourself. And can you allow that to occur through you and take you to places you couldn't imagine before? That's the, the, that's ultimately the journey that I lived, even while I was still trying to create my own reality in the earlier years. And I would say, too, that you don't ever forget how to work hard. You don't ever forget how to use the law of attraction. I'm really glad I know the physics of this reality in that sense so well, the gravity of this space and time reality. And it doesn't mean on the smaller day-to-day things that I don't still choose alignment and I don't still choose flow and I don't still choose to do a lot of the basic principles that come from 
uh, let's say Abraham Hicks kind of law of attraction work. I love knowing it, but I also love knowing I can communicate with my inner voice. I can find out when it wants me to flow, when it wants me to let go and which way it wants me to turn as needed as well. So it's kind of your, you're able to be a co-creative element with the source within you, as they would say. Okay, great question. Hopefully that helps answers. You could re-listen to that a few different times. Maybe I didn't even directly answer it, but that's my best way of explaining it. I think they're all useful stages and they all have their place and none of them ultimately gets forgotten. You just keep adding new elements as you go. Okay, now we have Nicole Freeman who said, yes, shifting to fall with cool 60s London vibe. <laughs> She's looking at an outfit post that I shared. So that is not a question, but I'm glad you liked my outfit, Nicole. It's been fun to share those with you guys on Instagram. So cute. Oh, there's another one too. Outfit details, please. Love your fall lookbook. Oh, that's cute. Okay, so thank you, Isabel. That's a nice compliment. Um, Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I'm maybe opening up more to going into. I'm not looking to like become like a fashion influencer or anything like that. I might interview fashion influencers on the show for fun, but I will have to figure out how it flows for me on the fashion side of things um, as we go into this new era of the show. But thank you for sharing those encouraging compliments. I appreciate them. Now we have Fiona McCabe who said, I just started to drink cacao. Do you still drink it? I don't do any cacao ceremonies. As you guys might know, I had a partner and we did cacao every single week that we were together. And it was such a dear, precious part of my relationship and part of my life with that person. And I dearly, dearly loved every single ceremony that we did together. But for me, it was always about the ceremony with this person more than specifically cacao. So I don't look at, I call it fancy hot chocolate. So I, I know many people, I have many friends even personally who love cacao cacao and use it regularly to connect into themselves, take time to go within and get answers kind of in a way it's their own version of a inner voice session for themselves. So I think that there are so many ways that creating a ceremony and a ritual around something, it could be tea, it could be cacao, it could be you name it, it could be anything, but it could be just a Sunday that you want to do that by listening to beautiful music and take time to write in your journal or inner voice. But I don't still regularly in any sense drink cacao. But if I was ever placed in front of it, it's still a tasty drink, but I don't use it for any sense of ritual now. I I loved the experiences I had with that partner. And at the same time, I don't feel like having, I don't know, it was just perfectly magical for that part of my life. It doesn't mean it won't later come in, but it hasn't in the last year. Um, just because I just loved it so much the way that I did it. And I've never felt called to doing it in any way that would feel as aligning as it previously did. So it's just kind of not something I'm thinking about doing and flowing into. I'm really into though, if you want to know what I'm really into, remember Four Sigmatic? By the way, we're going to bring sponsors back to the show. We found a way to do so that feels really aligning for me. There are reasons I'll share when we bring sponsors back in why I drop sponsors in the first place on the show. Actually, I'll just tell you now, it was because I got sick of having to commit to a certain number of episodes per month for the sponsors. I had amazing sponsors. I always loved working with them and they loved working with me so much that we'd be buying up all these episodes. But during some of those cocoon years that were really heavy and introspective years for me, I found it sometimes, I, as you guys know, I took many long breaks from the show over the 10 years and the calendar commitment to episodes airing for each sponsor felt like a burden. And I just didn't want to feel committed to having to do five episodes a month or three episodes a month or do them all on Thursdays as the sponsors would request because that's how they knew how to do it at the time. But now with AI, there's a different way we can do sponsors where it's not based on a posting schedule. It's just about downloads. And so I'm like, oh my God, thank goodness there's a way for me to do that. But if you guys remember, if you listened to the show for a while in those early years, I had Four Sigmatic on the show and I love Four Sigmatic, but I have to tell you, I actually love Four Sigmatic now more than I even ever did before. So instead of cacao, what I've been drinking every day is the Four Sigmatic with um, ashwagandha and ulithro two of those in the morning, I get so excited to wake up and have those in my morning. I love them. And it's actually came back into my reality because I'm in a hotel right now for the last many weeks, I think almost a month now, that doesn't have a coffee maker. And I was drinking tea, but I just kind of missed the flavor of coffee. And so I was thinking, well, I just need to find coffee that you can just mix. And then I remembered, 
for Sigmatic. And then I got the ashwagandha kind, and now I am hooked on the ashwagandha kind. So I'd love to have them back on the show because I want a discount for myself as I purchase all of this for Sigmatic. And I'd love for you to have the discount too, if you want to try it or use it, if you do use it regularly. So um, that is a very random, not cacao, but I am loving for Sigmatic, ashwagandha, and ulethro. Definitely recommend that. Now we have Wildly Inward. You said, do you ever get mean comments? That's what I'm nervous about if I ever start sharing on social media. That's an interesting question. I've had a few definitely over the years. Like I've been doing this now 15 years. If I've done the podcast almost 10 and I blogged for five years before that, that's a total of 15 years on the internet. And yes, I can say that there are a handful that stick out over the 15 years, but only a handful. And to be fair, I don't have a million um, you know, followers on Instagram. I have a relatively small population and so few of those people actually see my stuff because I don't do anything according to the algorithm to make it spread further. I guess I, I'm pretty spared by the mass potential for negativity because I'm not shared as widely to kind of get to that point where that might be there. But I have had it. It's not pleasant. But what I've learned to do around that is just let people go if they're not being kind, you know? So if they're being really consistently negative, I'll just not, I'll choose to not have, the, I'll make the settings so that I don't have to see what they're saying. There's no reason I need to put up with abuse. So that's like been like one or two people in 15 years. So very small in numbers, but that did happen. And I just found that was very empowering to realize I get to choose what I watch and what I read and what I see and how people communicate with me. And not having a fear of doing that helped me to feel less afraid if it would ever happen in the future. But also remember, if that does happen, and it could happen, of course it could. Remember, it's a reflection of where people are coming from inside of themselves. So it's their own inner perception reflected on the outside. So that's showing you where they're coming from more than what's actually true for yourself. So just keep, I mean, it doesn't make it more fun to get those kind of comments, but I would say that overall, I've not really dealt with much of it at all, though having been a smaller overall social person than many other people that might get more of that. I haven't had much. And also I know I can block when I need to. I don't have to watch what I don't want to see and what's not kind to me. And it's ultimately coming from where they're coming from. It doesn't have to do with me specifically. And you always have your inner voice too, to go back to, to ask like, what should I do? Should I respond? Should I not? Inner voice, what's true? And that can also help you if you do go forward. But yeah, luckily for me, it's it's not been that big of a deal overall. Now, oh, there's another one, another compliment. I'm um, so cute. My legs would be freezing. Keep sharing the outfits, please. Yes, you guys, on the outfit su subject, I love doing these little outfit posts. I did them on Instagram when I was in this beautiful flat that had a beautiful mirror for me to take them in. The lighting I have in this hotel room is not good, so I have not wanted to. And it's so, the color gets so distorted because the room is orange and green and mustard colored. And the lighting is so strange that I just don't think the outfits would even show as they actually are in the photos. So once I have, I just keep imagining having my own flat and having a perfect mirror situation to take them for you guys. I think it's so fun for me because it makes my outfits even more joyful. I love doing my outfits and people see them as I walk down the street, of course, and I get to enjoy them as I wear them, of course. But I love taking the photos, especially for you guys, because ultimately when I do, I then put them in a folder on my phone and then and I can look back on them and I kind of have this Rolodex of all the outfits I can put on and which ones I want to rewear or how I want to change them. And it also helps me so much to edit and learn and grow in fashion and like what really suits me, what does look you know, great, what I think could be better. And I don't know, I've just seen the progress of my own style by taking those photos and then sharing them with you is so fun too. And it just adds a, an extra little even more joyfulness because it's like, I know you guys like them. I like them. It's just it's just fun to share. It's just like every beautiful, you know, flower that I take a picture of to show you or house that or Airbnb I've ever stayed in to show you. I love sharing beauty that makes me happy and these outfits have been doing so and I love that you guys have been loving them too. Um, now we have Claire who said, favorite season to the mind. And does the inner voice have a favorite season? All of them in kind is what my inner voice just said. So that's the inner voice's answer. All of them in kind. Favorite season to the mind I used to say before I started traveling, I would have said fall. I'm also born on October 15th, so fall baby in the Northern Hemisphere. 
I would have said autumn. But when I started traveling, then I kept chasing the sun and I kind of was always around the sunlight and the good weather. So then it kind of became a summer state of mind. I don't know. And this is actually fascinating because I've been in London from February, which is still pretty wintry, into springtime, into summertime, and now we're into early autumn. And so I've actually gone through all this, you know, a sentence. I haven't got through winter again, but I've kind of gone through all four seasons at this point in London, you could say this year. And I was like, ooh, I'm going back into seasonal living instead of summer chasing. And I'm not mad about that. That's pretty cool that I have kind of come out of a phase. I feel like turning 39 in October and looking at, I sold the house when I was, and got divorced when I was 31, which is wild to say, because that was still on the show. That was like episode, I don't know, 48 or 68 or something on the show. We are still going in all of those years, but I feel like there's this renewed clarity direction. Like I said, the spiral coming around again. I am amazed. I just feel that I've been put through this transformation and I'm coming out the other side different than I was before. Smoke instead of incense stick, but at the same time coming back to, who knows, maybe a house again, maybe maybe a partner again. Let's see, I have just no partner in the current f- moment whatsoever, but it's, it's possible, it could happen. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like seasons are coming back in. Like I can stay in one place. I don't have to keep going to where the season stays the same in different parts of the world. I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of transformation happening and evolution occurring. That's all I can say. I just feel like newness bubbling in. And in some ways, it looks like it where it was before. And at the same time, it's totally different and new. All right. Last but not least, we have Ashley Bowman, who said another question would be, uh, how does flow work with establishing boundaries and relationship? Does flow sometimes include conflict? Yeah, I think you can flow out of being around somebody if they're not honoring the boundaries that you want. (laughs) So when it comes to flow, yeah, you don't have to keep flowing with somebody that isn't respecting your time, your attention, your emotional capacity, if they're being dismissive or insincere or unkind. You don't have to keep flowing with people that keep, you don't have to put up with things, basically. You can definitely communicate what you'd like and how you'd like to be treated. And if they show up with that way, that's great. You don't have to like confront them and battle them. But in the flow of life, as you things see things come up, you can share what you'd like it to be like and communicate and see if you guys can flow together. And if there's a really, you know, crossroads of like, that doesn't work for me and this doesn't work for you, then letting that be enough and letting it flow on could be ending that relationship or creating space so that it serves you in a way that's truly beneficial. My inner voice said on a Bella Ella call, I think it was a year or two ago, I remember somebody asked this kind of question about family members. They were having a hard time with family members. And my inner voice said to her, be as close as you can and still be kind. So that goes both ways, obviously for you to be kind and for the other person to be kind to you. So be around people as much as you can and it all flows and feels good. And when it needs space, take space. So if you can be around them three days a week, be around three days a week, three hours away, three hours away, three states away, three states away, Uh, be around them 24-7, be around them 24-7. But when you need space, take space so that the kindness still is there. Basically, I think it was saying, you know, don't stick around in toxic situations and create the borders and boundaries so that kindness is still ruling overall. So obviously there's going to be flare-ups and emotions and beanbags and so forth. But as a general perspective, go for what's healthy. Um, Don't just make up an arbitrary story that you need to stay in situations that don't actually feel appropriate or serving you in kindness and love. So there's definitely been a lot of clearing out in my own life over the last year. I gave away all my possessions in Portugal when I left. And then also just in general, I did a a natural. It wasn't done like in a very forceful formulaic way, but I just realized I also went through and established a lot of clear understandings of what relationships really gave something back to me and what I wasn't getting back and what relationships really worked for me in a beautiful, supportive way and felt natural and easy and flowing and which ones didn't feel that way. And instead of trying to force myself to always put up with whatever scraps or whatever things that didn't feel good, I just decided to take space and let myself be having fewer overall relationships, but ones that really felt deep and and fulfilling and meaningful. So I have overall less acquaintances or less conflicting relationships than I did before. Not that I had many, but I did definitely let go and transition some things and even put other 
relationships into different kind of categories instead of like trying to be deep friendships, just having um, even a few family members. I just like reworked how I viewed them in my reality to support my sense of, you know, well-being. So I don't always have to have a story that I need to be X amount close or far from different types of people. I just let things find what really felt good, juicy, delicious, and and soul-giving and let go of the things that didn't. And it did mean I spent more time alone and I had less overall connections, but I also had more time and freedom uh, just because I wasn't draining on the relationships that weren't really feeling great. And also I was able to give to the community in greater ways. And I was able to show up for myself and deal with all those past lives because I had more time and space and, to go within. So let's see how the future unfolds as I go. But yeah, I think that idea I said of like Bella Vita and Henry not suffering fools. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I definitely know what I love, deserve and how I show up for my friends. And I do my best to do that on a consistent basis and have friendships now that I've really invested in that do the same back for me. And that feels really balanced, equal, and beautiful. So it's definitely not where I would have been at in other parts of my life, but it's definitely felt like an appropriate way to be now. So there you have it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is a little bit of a ramble in the beginning about the new Beauty of Being Alive series and all of the rest. And thank you for your questions that have asked. I really appreciate that. I'm very excited to work with everybody in IVFT on the, by the way, IVFT, the calls are on Sundays now. So that's something else that's new as well. So, so excited to be working with those people who are joining us. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the show and listening to here. I think we're kind of, I almost could say this could theoretically be as we get into October with these new episodes, potentially a little bit of a season 11, maybe, maybe. I don't know if we, we call uh, what our seasons anymore. Just my arbitrary decision to change something and then call it a new number. So maybe we're going into season 11 of The Lively Show in October. But next week, I'll be back with some information about my updates on the part two of past lives and how you can start to do some past life sessions with the past life specialty graduates if you're feeling called to it. Until then, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs> 